never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. And today is another day for an interview. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really bouncy today because my guest today, Roseanne Forte and me, have had a long journey to get this interview done because we had so many things that didn't work out from, from family emergencies to internet breakdowns to you name it. And it is, you could say this was not meant to happen. And... and I said, no, this will happen because we both have shared so much passion in our journey. We both are so convinced that you can live a life where alcohol has actually nothing to play in. Okay. So therefore, I've got Roseanne here today with me. And Roseanne comes from a different angle. Because Roseanne has has found the power of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, which I haven't yet. So um, therefore, I thought, yeah, no, I need to hear her take and I need to see how she manages her life and cultivates a sense of, of well-being, a sense of love within herself um, so that really alcohol or, or any other kind of these funny behaviors that we sometimes do doesn't play a role. So Roseanne, welcome to my show. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, we have been on a journey together <laughs> to try and get there. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Sometimes yeah. you have to work for something and uh, it doesn't just fall in your lap. And I think that is true about sobriety. That is true about relationships. That is true about everything in our life. So here mm -hmm. we go. Yeah. Oh, Roseanne. Uh, obviously, we both have been on this journey. Um, how did your love affair with alcohol start? Oh, that started when I was 13 years old. <laughs> I was one of those ones that took decades to really develop a pro problem. And I probably spent a decade trying to manage <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> Stop. Did you spend a decade or decades um, developing the problem? Or did you spend decades realizing that you had a problem? Both. I have both sides of that. <laughs> okay. yeah. I drank for a long time. I started at 13 years old. And so. What did the alcohol do? What did it give you? Um, you know, when I started young, it was just to fit in. And then, you know, in college, it was to have fun. And then at work, it was, I don't know, but it just seemed like the thing to do at work, mm -hmm. whether it's happy hour or mm -hmm. business lunches, business events, it always seemed like alcohol was present. Mm -hmm. You know, it was used um, for you know, romanticism on dates. You just always had a drink with my now ex-husband. It was mm. always part of our um, time out. Mm. It just seemed prevalent everywhere. And Basically. I I think the problem really started to rear its ugly head when I was using it for stress management. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, very, very... Difficult marriage and um, a high-performing job. I was an executive. I was a COO or CFO at 
different companies. I was an entrepreneur too. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility and kids and marriage. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I need, I need alcohol. And I really think that's when the problems start. <laughs> Don't you? You're agreeing with me. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's weird. Sometimes the the words of my guests could have come out of my lips, um, <laughs> and it would have been exactly the same. <laughs> um, so, but it is what it is. I mean, the alcohol often is a crutch. The alcohol often gives us a benefit and gives us things, and that's what we need to accept. Um, it is it is not that uh, evil thing that uh, is out there. Um, it's just a matter of fact that there are so many better things out there but for you at that moment when you were run down tired and just wanted to switch off you had not yet learned other techniques you had not yet learned to satisfy the needs of your body um you were on the go 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 and you were in a culture where this was not just accepted but actually expected and I think we, we, always, we all keep forgetting that, okay? In the 80s, 90s, we're both about the same age. Uh, in the 80s, 90s, alcohol was everywhere. And alcohol was part and parcel of your life, end of the story. And in some, some um, professions, more so than others. But it is normal to go on the, on the, the five o'clock, you know, the, the, the happy hour, uh, to, to debrief after a busy day uh, with your colleagues to you know there's so many so many reasons why we did what we did mm -hmm. yeah and i i think one of the things you addressed i i really wanted to stop and savor is that you know we say that we could have said the same things um about our experiences and and you and i are out there trying to do the same thing is trying to create an awareness about problems related to alcohol and give people hope that there's something else. But mm -hmm. the thing is, especially in faith, right? I believe that we are all uniquely created, but <laughs> the, the consequences of alcohol are not unique. <laughs> the problems <laughs> that alcohol creates are not unique. We uh -huh. share that. And I'm, you know, my big um, goal is to get the word out that you're not alone. This is pretty serious. It's not a character flaw. It's the it, it's the it's the substance. I feel like we've been lied to uh, by you know society and and the alcohol companies. It's addictive. <laughs> it's an addictive substance. And you know, I think for too many years we've we pointed at the person and, and said, you know, this is a problem with the person. It's no, this is a problem with the substance. Oh, but see, <laughs> see, here you are. You you nailed that because when you look at the, the take that uh, the alcohol industry has taken and governments have taken, about 10, 20 years ago, there were the first sort of attempts to actually regulate the, the alcohol industry, which, by the way, is if you put the 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 10 biggest producers of alcohol together and and think that they would be a country and then rank them in the world of the countries they're pretty much up there in the first dozen that's from the power and from the might of uh, of money that is sitting there okay so you're oh, talking sure. a huge <laughs> huge huge thing so uh, different countries, maybe the UK as a good example, have tried to regulate that. And th these companies are inter no, these, these companies are international. 
So you can't actually easily regulate them. And equally, they have been pushing back and said, no, sorry, we don't want to be regulated. But you know what? Um, we put the owners back on the drinker. So uh, they have got this product that is clearly addictive. And now they put on their drink responsibly. <laughs> what a cool yeah. strike that is. I love it. I love it. Just put it all onto the, the person there. How many is the carrot? Come on, eat it. I know it will kill you, but you know, oh, eat, right. eat it responsibly. The casinos here in the U.S., right? They they're rigged to get you addicted, and it's gamble responsibly. <laughs> is it know? not? Is it not? Oh man! Yeah. But I mean, here we are. We are on this path now because we have gone through sort of a darker side, a darker time in our lives, and as often related to to trauma. I mean, what made you? Well, uh, stop. Not a question beforehand. When did you? Uh, get touched by Jesus Christ. When did you become that, religious? You know, that, uh, that happened a long time ago in my early 30s as a result of some severe marriage problems. And uh -huh. I, my in-laws were missionaries and I, like, I was really suffering. So I gave my life to Jesus and I became a Christian, but I was living like one foot in and one foot out trying to that, please my that. husband who wasn't a Christian going to church i was a leader in the church mm, right yeah. and so boy oh boy was that a problem for me but the thing is i you know when i speak in circles that are christian circles i'm like you're not alone like i was here hiding it i have i have met i have coached pastors i mean you know we're all lied to. We all think there's this invisible line, right? <laughs> there's an invisible line and you don't know when you're going to cross it. Nobody picks up alcohol believing that they're going to have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. We're lied to. And we just don't know. Nobody gives us a warning about where the line is. But once we cross it, we've crossed it. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's many people inside the church that thought it was okay and then they get caught and then there's shame because wait i shouldn't have this problem you know i'm a christian everything should be good because i'm with god you know and it's not good <laughs> yeah I'm, oh, and, but that, yeah but that's the beauty of um you know for me christianity is that you can say it's okay you know you can Everything in your path, every day you have new mercies and every day you can start fresh with, with Jesus. So that's, that's really the, the benefit of being able to put that past behind you mm. and um, move forward. Because I believe that without that forgiveness and peace that the slate is wiped clean, clean, at least this is how it works for me you can't move forward and, and see what's possible. You just continue to live in that past. And um, that's that's how it works for me anyway. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> I don't preach. Yeah. yeah. Again, interesting. I would have probably said exactly the same words just without Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so we need to forgive ourselves and we need to, at some stage, draw a line uh, in the sand where we say, okay, fine, the, the past does not equal the future. I have done things in the past that I'm not proud of. Um, you now, once you come to that point, to the realization, you have got the option of either moving on and just 
not looking back might work for you um but uh, the past has got a habit of catching up with you um and it past lives in you so i rather believe in in coming to terms with the past accepting the past throwing the evil twins of shame and guilt to the side for a moment and say mm -hmm. okay the past was not nice i've done x y and z um let's make amends where it makes sense let's actually live a new life with integrity, humility, authenticity. And with that, we can model a different way how to live a life. I think that is right. beautiful um, in its own right. So that is, and then do living amends. Uh, do That is living amends in its own right. Do amends uh, to those people that have harmed you, or if you can't find them, or if they're no longer there, um, then maybe do amends to a group of people that reflects that. So if you have been... And a dick uh, when one day when you actually talked to a um, checkout lady um, and who really got your anger full in the face. And, right. uh, maybe, maybe now you've, you can make a point of make every checkout out lady laugh or smile or whatever. Yeah. So this is immense and that is beautiful. However, you're touched. But if, if you have got to believe or if you haven't got to believe, you have got a power yeah. to change. But what you have got, uh, Roseanne, you actually had a tribe waiting for you. Whilst many others, we need to create our own tribe. You need to find our own tribe. That's why the rooms like the AA is a good. But you had the church. Was right. that was the church a accepting church? Or was it more the blaming church? The... Yeah, I... I have been fortunate. I, I think that people get brought up in a toxic churches have bigger problems with God. <laughs> I, because I came to God later and I chose my church. I've never had toxic. There's toxic people in the church. Right. Um, but I, you know, you have to accept the fact that we're all broken individuals. <laughs> And, you know, forgiveness of others is is definitely part of that. Mm. Um, when you talk about making amends, you know, a lot of things that I deal with are like horrific things that people have gone through, whether they were molested as a children, a child, mm. raped, they were driving a car when somebody else died. Those are hard things to just put behind you. Mm. And, that, and that's where... Um, I think a God that's bigger than us is really helpful. And, um, you know, I, again, th this is how it works for me because there's, there's some big things that we need to make amends with. And those mm -hmm. are, those are hard ones. There are big things that we have to forgive others for. And there are big things that we need to pardon ourselves for as well. Yeah. Beautifully said. Uh, I'm I'm envious um, that you have got such a belief system and that you that you have found that that link that maybe missing thing in your life that right. I have not yet come across. So so there you go. It is. Uh, and I do I do tell people, you know, a lot of people. One of my biggest struggles when I share my faith with people is 
is what somebody else did to them, what somebody that called themselves a Christian did to Mm -hmm. them. But (laughs) don't blame God for the wrongs of that human being. You need to try and connect with him (laughs) individually because we're all like blaming that bad. It's just like a doctor, right? There's good doctors and there's bad doctors. There's good churches and there's bad churches and there's good Christians. I mean, theoretically, me running around as a drunk, it wasn't exactly the best Christian thing to do either, right? <laughs> um, you know, and, but that's what we, we, I don't know. I just feel so much at peace with my life and so much joy moving forward, knowing, you know, that's the daily devotionals that I wrote. We haven't even talked about that, but um, it's the plans he has for me. And that's kind of the the root of it is that we were created with a gift and alcohol stole every part of our gifted human spirit. Um, and we, you know this very well. You know, there's a time we drink there's a time we recover from drinking and then there's all the time that we think about trying to quit (laughs) drinking that's it takes up a lot of time in our life and and so i encourage people like what have you always wanted to do what have you always thought like Mm -hmm. i wish i'd gone to school for this or i'd love Uh to learn how to do carpentry i'd love to learn how to flower arrange it doesn't matter i'd love to learn how to bowl better we're all created with some kind of gift and that particular gift is going to be the joy that you get out of life you know and then when you can turn that gift into helping others you know and purpose um that's when life gets super fun which is what I'm doing. I'm like, sometimes I go, what am I doing at my age? <laughs> you know, but I was at a, yeah, I was at a place in my life where I wanted to die. I just wanted, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I have no more purpose in life. And, you know, and here I am going, this is too much fun. Now I can't, <laughs> I can't die. <laughs> I got too much to do. (laughs) And that is the key thing, isn't it? It is. uh, I, and it's so easy to forget that the the joy, the the asking, the why, why am I doing that? What is my purpose in life? And finding that, taking active steps to find that, that is such an important mission. And it can be so easily swept aside by circumstances, by maybe financial hardship, by by relationship problems, etc. Your focus changes. Your focus goes away. Um, I've been not through nice times recently, so um, I became. I, I moved away from the thriver back to the survivor, and it was interesting how empty. Now with hindsight, how empty that life was. It was good that the survivor helped me through it, but it was a an empty life, an empty as far as creativity is concerned, as far as as fun is concerned, joy is concerned, those kind of things. 
And it is only the, the last two, three weeks now that I actively have been seeking more joy. And blimey, suddenly my brain says, ooh, ooh, that's nice. That's nice. I like, yeah. I like. And it comes up with new ideas, with new, new, new creativity, with new, you know, a friend came to me and said, look, uh, shall we do another exhibition, photography, etc." I thought, ah, the last one didn't work out so well for us. Immediately my brain came up, no, 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 no. I've got a better idea. Let's do X, Y, and Z and get this exhibition going. And there it was, that this creativeness, this, this, this creativity, shall I say. It was beautiful. And that is what comes out when you actually foster it, when you actually cuddle it, hug it, nurture it, uh, all those kind of things. You need to work on it. It's 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 a beautiful work. It's it's a daily work. And I love that's it that you, that you have done. Mm. Yeah. So tell us more about your, your affirmations. Tell us more about what you have created. Well, I just, um, I think that's important to bring something back in because as you know, when we have a substance that we are romantic about, for lack mm. of any other word, right? Nice. We will give up anything for that. Nice. Um, when it leaves our life, we think our best friend is missing, right? And that's why it's important, like when something goes away that's toxic, there's first the understanding of truth, that it was toxic for us, it's not our friend. Uh -huh. But then there's the replacement of toxic for true friend, i.e. joy, creativity, life, purpose, God, right? And um, that's what I, I think is an important part of that journey and um yeah so it's staying the course because we know that the beginning can be challenging it's forgiveness of self and others it's finding our purpose and joy and documenting we and you know this too right that people like okay now i feel good now i can handle the drink again <laughs> forgetting uh the fact that you're reigniting a neurological pathway that you've worked hard to quiet and uh, you forget, wait, I'm sleeping better. I'm more productive. I'm more creative. I've got purpose. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And then you go and you try and control the situation again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't, um, doesn't always work well, but that's why I have a choice-based program. It's 12 weeks. I don't tell somebody You've got to quit forever. I want you to figure it out on your own. Mm. So the success rate for people that are challenged with it is super high. Super high as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, it didn't work. It's too hard. Leave. It's it's like, no, we're going to commit. We're going to document, 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 document. Mm. And then at the end, at 12 weeks, if you've got the right mindset and you're not waiting for 12 weeks and a day to drink it's wait a minute I want to document the changes I want to see what life is possible I want to see what I'm capable of and you're like I sleep better I'm getting along with somebody I feel more connected I this uh, I'm like my I lost weight my resting heart rate might decrease my blood pressure decreased all these things hmm. and so the way I I do it instead of going you know what you need to quit I just go, okay, you've gotten to a point where it's your choice, but now you understand the consequences of your choice. Mm. Very and nice. 
Yeah. Um, How do you um, record? How what what is what do you uh, encourage your, your people I to have do? My I, my journal has a place to record, so right. it's a scripture. Then it's a, a paragraph related yeah. to the scripture, and yeah. then it's a prayer. And then I I do gratitude at the top. So yes. I ask people to come up with ten things because you know that um, reticular activating system our mind will default to our glass hat that's half full, not half empty and be grateful for eyes to see ears to hear. You know what I mean? Um, relationships, whatever happened that my cup of coffee in the morning hmm. um, and also just reflections. That's where we're going to reflect on what we read that day and reflect on how life is better and I don't know if you knew this. I'm like super, I'm super into the science behind all of this. Oh, bring it and, up. And the science of writing things down is really powerful. When we write things down, our brain and physically write things down. It's not the same as typing. When we physically write things down, our brain says, oh, that's important. <laughs> and there's a higher likelihood of you remembering it oh. so i don't do everybody goes i hate journaling it's literally a half page of notes like oh that was cool or i really resonated with that it's not like story writing it's just jotting notes down like oh i did sleep better today oh i um I didn't think about alcohol today. And as you look at that journal, you're like, wait a minute, it was a problem here. It's not a problem there. My life got better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. So that's not cool. the science. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And you're so right. Um, now just reflecting in my own mind that, uh, that those days when I do it, I actually do feel better. Um, I actually do have a better sense of achievement um and it's it's intriguing it's uh, however i mean i my life is very busy and i've it, due to me i made it busy um and i haven't put those important time slots in um to actually reflect on that so that's good so do you just you just uh put a mirror in front of my face and uh, for that, I'm grateful um, because I this, um, yeah. Yeah, no. well, our, our minds are flying around with thoughts mm. and there's nowhere to file them until we write it down. And as soon as we write it down, mm. they're filed. We can, we can calm down. We can rest. We can see there's a vision. There's accountability. There's, yeah, every time I write a list, boy, am I a lot more productive. And I, I sleep better when there's a list because I'm not relying on my memory <laughs> to remember. Touche, touche. Uh, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. Um, time to to regroup a bit. And that is that is normal. So what I'm just doing right now is I have actively spent time with a wonderful guest with Roseanne and now Roseanne has triggered something in my mind and I'm not now beating myself up oh my god you didn't do any writing oh you you failure you because that's sort of the temptation that you go into the negative talk and instead I said huh I can do better hey I can I can grow more here 
And that is cool. How forgotten that that tool that I've used in the past. So why? Let's 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 restart. And that is the cool thing. That is the. Right. Do you still get negative talks? Do you still get the negative voice? <laughs> I um I think that's a natural part of life. Um, so so my journey is I call it the collision of the science of the brain my personal suffering in God's word, right? So I don't know if you, you probably don't know this, but in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, I'm going to summarize, but it's basically capture your thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. And so it's capturing, it, it's like, and this was written thousands of years ago, capture those thoughts that are inconsistent with how God views you and uh -huh. make them. So you have value. You can't be beating yourself up. If if there's a problem, you just acknowledge it, repent, it's solved, and you move on, right? And so there's this system embedded in scripture that tells us to stop those negative thoughts. And there's also a concept in the in the Bible that says, um, you know, the enemy is roaring, is around like a roaring lion waiting for somebody to devour. So if we can separate those thoughts and say, those aren't our thoughts, those are the enemy's thoughts trying to steal our joy and steal our life. So we can capture that thought. Oh, there you are. See you later. And, and move towards a difference. So yes, I have them. And yes, I've practiced and gotten really good at not allowing them to sit there for a long time. Like, and I mean minutes. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah, um, because I, I, used, I used to take weeks. Oh, right. Like, yeah, weeks. Cool. cool, 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 cool. Very good. Uh, same here. Same here. It is. I've gotten so much better with it. And um, I actually, I rarely... It's shame and guilt riding me. Um, I'm that's rare. I get still the odd flashbacks where I remember 40 years ago how I treated someone and I feel awful about it. This was and you just ask, why? Why, brain, do you now tell me about an event that occurred 40 years ago um, when I have grown so much? Yet you give me this this punch in the gut with this physical response, and it, it is sort of these things are happening. But I'm no longer feeling shame and guilt. Uh, it it does no longer confirm that I should be feeling shame and guilt. Let's call it like that. But you want to know what's super cool between shame and guilt? I just learned this actually at church, but it's super cool. So guilt is simply an acknowledgement that you've done something wrong and you can turn away from it, right? Mm -hmm. And call it repent, turn around and turn away from it. Shame is the feeling that you are wrong. You are a wrong person, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love that. The difference between I've done something wrong versus there's something wrong with me. Is that not Right. <laughs> this is new for me too. I'm sharing it real time. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is, uh, I wrote the children's book, uh, Esme, the Mindful Mouse. And that's exactly the lesson that Esme needs to learn between uh, having done something 
naughty, where she upset her friends who are now angry with her, versus being a naughty mouse, be being a bad mouse. Um, and that is the cool thing. That is such an important message. But here you are. We we take trauma, we take uh, things like that to hit us before we finally get the message. <laughs> it's just ah, maybe if we could start earlier. But okay, I mean we we are a bit further down the line, but. Meaning, we have got maybe a bit of a duty to to phrase the lessons that we had to learn the hard way in such a way that maybe others can understand it, and maybe also others from a different generation can understand it. So maybe, and, and that's exactly what you're doing. That's exactly where you are out there and trying to make this world a better place. Roseanne, well, they have. Oh my gosh, they have so much more pressure with the social media and the uh, judging. It's it's frightening, and the mental health problems that are coming up as a result of it, the suicides. Uh, it's like the sadness, the sadness in me um, for you know I, what. I'm just grateful that uh, well that I didn't have to grow up in that. It was bad enough for me. Uh, I don't know. Kids do it, you know. Very true. And again, maybe that's that's where we can help. That's maybe where we can uh, say maybe there is an alternative to you Snapchatting everything and everyone and then having to deal with the consequences of you saying something, exposing yourself with maybe a naked picture, which seems to be... Oh, that's a big thing these days, right? Ah, me. Uh, uh, my sons, they told me about 80% of their friends, boys and girls, um, have done that. Um, and that is, uh, these pictures you can't just take back. They are just out there now. And they can be worse manipulated. They can be, um, I mean, there's a whole, whole dark, nefarious side to it. And I say nefarious, which means devilish. Uh, if you actually, uh, I wanted to comment to you about your language. When you spoke, you could have spoken about the devil, and I would have rolled my eyes probably quietly. You spoke of the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and we all have enemies, regardless of, of our belief systems. I loved it how you touched me there where you took immediately the, the wind out of my sails because had you, had you used more a religious speech, I would have probably said, yeah, okay. No, no, you you use a very good language um, to actually describe the, the problems that we all are facing. And right. I love that. I wanted to say thank you for that, actually. Yeah, that was really well, good. You know, all of us have trauma, even, you know, from the church and... Uh, and I really, the people that read my devotional, even if they were Christians at one time, they come back and they go, well, thank you, because I just was introduced to a loving God, not mm -hmm. a, a judging God, not, you know, just understanding for me that there's evil in the world and mm -hmm. there's good and um, discerning and discerning, mm -hmm. you know, the lies that we tell ourselves, Um so many lies, including lies about who we are and what we're worth. So, um, yeah, I just think it, you know, this is this approach and this way of looking at 
that life is available for everyone. Like nobody's better. In my view, God doesn't view me or you as better or worse. We're we're exactly the same. He loves us exactly the same. He hopes mm. for the exact same for us, right? Mm. So mm. just doesn't matter who who. And um and that's mm. the problem. We have too many judgy Christians out there. absolutely Uh, and maybe oh yeah i mean you could go into the depth more only only because only because (laughs) i don't believe in jesus christ doesn't mean to say i don't know the bible and maybe read scripture um the there are scriptures that have not made it into the bible there are many Mm -hmm. of them actually out there and there is a there's the the book of thomas which which never made it in the bible but actually where where uh it is said that that jesus christ is is light and energy not jesus god is light and energy within all of us um, he's there and he is creating or she, whatever we, we call it, the power is there um, to to make us do good things, creative things, wonderful things. So I actually subscribe to that. I certainly believe that there is something bigger than us um, out there. And we don't necessarily need to label it, but we need to listen to it and listen to the, the positive things that it tries us or tries to to make us do i think there is a power in us taking action and it can be the most beautiful addiction to take action and make this world a better place those people that do it tend to quietly walk around with a smile on their face uh Mm -hmm. in general terms and I think that is that is uh, you're reflecting that so beautifully. And I think that is what I want to invite everyone out there to come join us. And and if indeed the church uh, or even better, or let's distinguish, if you have got a church that fosters such a belief system and is a loving church is there and is there for you, I'm so pleased for you. If you have found that community, then work within that community. Mm-hmm. If you have found religion, but let's say you're in a small town and the church that you have got is rather toxic, um, then forget the church. Create your own church because the, the belief is in you. You are, you know, bring two people together um, who are who are uh, who are concerned and willing to stop drinking. Well, that's an AA meeting. Okay, this could also be a church. This could also be a movement forward. Whatever it is, however you dress it up in your belief system, go out there and look after yourself and make this world a better place and 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 help us. Roseanne, I mean, you are you are you're only just starting, really. You've made your your affirmations. You created that book. Um, there's this, uh, tell us again the title, please. It's the plans he has for me. Uh, it's a daily devotional for 12 weeks or 84 days. Mm. And I do want to tell people who are listening, I have, um, uh, if you go to my website, www.theplansiehasforme.com, and you press the red button, you will get access to 20 fun and easy responses to tell people why you're not drinking that don't deal with, (laughs) I have a problem or, Uh, you know, uh, um, they're just like, oh, I've got to get up early in the morning and I want to be bright and chipper. You know, it's just that mindset, as you say, 
and that approach, I um, I have a big to do list to the in the morning, and I want to be clear headed about it. I'm meeting somebody at the gym, you know. There's a lot of thing responses we can say that aren't like wah, wah, wah. you know, like I can't drink anymore. I don't uh. <laughs> mean. So I'm really trying to change the narrative and give people because I don't know about you, but I think that the biggest problem for people, one. I just think there's shame because it's like they believe that they're going to be called, you know, this name and, um, and two, how to handle social situations. They mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I mean, that is the biggest fear. How am I going to handle my friends? How? So this is just a way to help people with a, a different narrative. That's more positive and based in truth, you know, I love it. I love it. It is uh, typically I would have chosen um, some famous replies from celebrities. Um, every time I drink, I break out in handcuffs. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, those are funny things. But oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it that you that you emphasize the positive and move away from the negative. Again, a feature that is so powerful. I just want to take the victimhood out of it and oh, shit, yeah. that they can be victors. You know, I just, when people have hope nice. and a plan nice. for something better, they're more motivated. I actually had one woman that she was a drug addict and she had been in jail and she had been homeless because of a meth and a heroin um, mm. addiction. Yeah. And I met her through her father. He's another author. And we just started talking. <clears throat> and she was telling me like, three years without drugs. And she was suffering. And um, it was hard. And I'm like, I do not understand. You should be rejoicing. And I go, here, have my book. I It's not about drugs, but I think they're the same. Let me know. Mm -hmm. Well, she waited three months to read it. And then she read it. And she gave me a testimonial that said, after 10 days in your devotional, I got more out of rehab and the 12-step program. I feel closer to God. And what did she say? She reduced her prescription for Suboxone or something like that. Yeah, Is yeah, yeah. From 16 milligrams to four in 10 days. And she said she's asked her doctor to be off of it. She didn't need it anymore. I mean, that's the difference of mindset and care and hope and love and God. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, somebody who's suffering. Absolutely. Like, there's no reason to be suffering three years. You should be celebrating. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. No, I'm so pleased for you. And I'm so grateful to you for all the work you're doing. Um, so we have, we have already... Uh, Ponder to your book, we pondered to your website. And all of that information, guys, is down there in the description of the YouTube video and on the podcast. So you don't have to think hard. You just go down there, click on it, check it out. Because what have you got to lose? Um, you have got a beautiful, beautiful life waiting for you. And and if you're curious, if you're either sober curious or Jesus curious, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> you know what? I, I have more people coming to me, and this is a surprise because I assumed they'd have Christians coming to me, but I have more people coming to me that are wanting to find God than they're wanting, you know, they want to quit drinking, but they, and I'm actually in the process of developing a program for the churches because of that. <laughs> I, I wasn't, 
I wasn't prepared for that part. Yeah. <laughs> She's as curious. They have plugged at that seat, so you need to call it that. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that is, that's funny. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is just it, it, it. Talk about creativity. Talk about, I, you, know, you are creative. Had, I love it. Love had, it. We, had we both been sort of half hung over, it would have just sort of yeah. Let's, let's finish that. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> No, oh, and our energy would have been completely different. Hell yes, hell yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless, of course, we waited, and in, in, in here would have been not coffee as it is, but actually, what probably a rum and coke or something like that. Right. <laughs> oh God, no, different times, honestly, different times. Uh, Roseanne, you're an amazing woman. Um, one question is left for me: Who do you want to be when you grow up? Huh. Who do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> Who is the new? What do you think Jesus has got in mind for you in a year, in two years' time? Um. Okay, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I just really hope that I have a big stage for a big message. You know? Yes. yes. Yeah. I love oh. it. I love yeah. it. So. Yeah. Okay, I think we both you can are say right. You knew me when. <laughs> no, 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 no. And there are ways towards that. So I certainly, I know that the TEDx talk is is waiting for me um, to to actually create. Those are to, not easy. No, guess. and no, but it is it is it is the new step. It is the the kind of okay, we've we've done this much. And in the preamble before the before we started today, I sort of spoke a bit about my dreams that I actually want to change the show a bit more around and rather than than um only having beautiful, beautiful guests, but also come back to to the beginning, go 360 degree full circle. Because when I started this show, I was just talking about the lessons I had to learn the hard way. And uh and it was good. And then I've then the imposter syndrome. Who are you? Who are you? And then I thought I'd better bring in some guests. Um, and then I, I only did guests. Um, and in all fairness, I mean, we, we have got two shows a week. It is busy. Uh, but at the same token, there is so much more. So I am growing. And I'm just trying to figure out who I want to be when I grow up. And I will never grow up. But okay, what's the let's next? Wait, let's ask the same question of you. Like, who do you want to be when you grow up? I well, that's be- exactly it. That's exactly it. And and by asking this question, your brain will come up with the right answer. Okay. But you need to ask yourself those questions. And for me, there is a TEDx talk uh, I want to create. It's, it's planned here. But now do the hard work and actually put it in and then apply to TEDx. Um, the, there are other things. Um, I'm, I'm now, um, tomorrow I, I do the first session with a chef uh, where the chef and me will work together and talk about gut health and and talk about healthy living and things like that. So it's, again, it's creative. It's taking taking action. And it's it's going out there and saying, hey, there is such a beautiful world out there that we can create where alcohol has not really a big place or any place really to to play for us. And that is, that is the power that we all have. And uh, guys, come along on the ride. But uh, check me out in, in due course. Check Roseanne out. Roseanne Forte, uh, she is a, 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 a religious powerhouse, a, a, a woman who is really 
helping others to work and and be their best with the help of Jesus. Um, so he uses her as an instrument. And hey, it's it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So Roseanne, thank you so much for coming onto my show. It was a true honor to speak to you. Oh, and we made it happen. That's <laughs> thanks to you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's keep persevering until because I knew I knew we would have a, a brilliant talk. So come on, yeah. you're a gorgeous woman. Uh, please keep doing what you're doing. Uh, send you all the energy, and thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Thank you from across the world. I really appreciate Absolutely you. Absolutely, that. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up, turn around.